The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Welcome, Cleaning Nation. Glad to uh, be with you live. If you ever want to be like, are they really live? Oh, yeah, we really are. Uh, it's happening. So, um, as is our custom, Wednesdays at 2 o'clock Pacific, 5 o'clock Eastern, uh, I jump on and answer questions that you can either email to Lindsay at support at growingcleaningcompany.com, or if you're in our Facebook group, you can jump on live and in person. Um, so, that said, without further ado, let's jump in. Lindsay, hit us with the first question. All right. Sorry to sneak the live on you like that. I was like, it's two o'clock. We're going. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the theme this week was what's out of control in your cleaning company that you need help with. So uh, Crystal hit us up on a Facebook comment. She said, what's out of control right now is my training system. No matter what I do, the two cleaners I have right now always overlook areas which result in clients being unhappy. To add, I'm currently still cleaning with them both. I feel like if I wasn't there, they would slack even more and I'd start to lose clients. So Crystal wants to know what's the best training system so she can leave them to clean alone while she works on building her business. Great job. A really good question. I like that. So this is a big fat miscommunication or misconception, I think, that really hurts owners of cleaning companies. First and foremost, they put the emphasis in the wrong place. Like, I think there's some training videos out there that are like, you can put them on and teach your people how to clean. Um, and I, I've never watched them or I'm not saying they're good or bad. I'm saying the focus is in the wrong spot, right? Cleaning is such a transferable skill. Um, it can literally be taught to someone in a day or two. Like if, let's just make it easy. Commercial, residential, doesn't matter. There's taking out the trash, there's dusting, there's the floors, vacuuming and mopping. Like, so oh, we got a double here. And there's kitchens and bathrooms, right? Wiping down tops. That's pretty much it. So that can be taught really, really quickly. The problem is we misconstrue interest in ability, right? So if people aren't cleaning, I promise you it's not because of lack of ability. If the whole training process was go clean that house. I'll give you a thousand dollars when you're done, as long as um, it's perfect or as long as it's really good. You would get a with no training. You would get a hundred percent excellence right off the bat, right? So it's really motivation, not ability. So the problem is we try to up, we try to up people's ability when that's not the problem, right? The same thing comes in with when we do like, I just wish I had a training manual, right? I could have the people read it and then they would sign it and say that they've, it's like, yeah, well, they're not going to read it. Well, they sign it. Yeah, they may sign it. They're not going to read it. If they do read it, they're not going to memorize it. If they do read it and memorize, which you're not going to do, they're not going to recall the exact thing that they're supposed to do. Well, first of all, 99% of the things they're going to come up with aren't going to be in the exact manual anyway, because life is novel and new things are coming up. And even if they do read it, memorize it, sign it, something comes up that was specifically and outlined the likelihood they're going to do it still comes down to their motivation, right? And if they're really motivated to do the right things, i.e. they share your core values, they're going to either do something that's over, that would be in the in the employee handbook or something better anyway. So, Crystal, I would encourage you um, and Clean the Nation, 
find people that are interested and then free them up to do their job. Right. And if they're just like, if you feel like you're whipping and dragging, come on, you can do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. You might have the wrong people or you might have the wrong expectations, right? If you're expecting people that are getting paid way less than you, or ideally a lot of times our cleaners make more than us because we don't run our business. Right. But who perceive to be, they think they're getting paid less than you. And oftentimes if you're doing it right, they are getting paid less than you. You want them to do as good of a job, but it's unrealistic, right? So you have to make sure that we're looking for repeatable, scalable, dependable results, not perfection, right? If we get in that insanity, like my clients require my magic touch, like, well, then you got a cleaning job, not a cleaning business, right? So long story short, make sure their expectations are reasonable. They do a good job that they can repeat in a reasonable amount of time, which may not be as quote unquote good as you do and quote unquote as quick as you can, but a good job consistently in a reasonable amount of time. And if they're not doing that, they're probably the wrong person. Or if they only do it when you are there watching them, they're definitely the wrong people. And how do you know? Leave them, right? Once you've trained them, go to the Starbucks, let them do it on their own, have them call you to check it to come back. And if more than twice in a row, they do a bad job and you give them feedback and they just keep making the same mistakes, get new people. So I know that might not be the super answer we want, but for everybody, focus less on skill set. You know, if, if we're looking for brain surgery, okay, I want skill. <laughs> if we're looking for cleaning, I want attitude. I want willingness. I want core values match. I want desire to do a good job is going to overtake skill every time. All right. So I'm going to kind of dovetail off that question and skip to another question because Raina, who emailed in questions, is here in the chat live. And she had two questions. And her first question talks about core values and hiring. She said, all right, so you, you think you're hiring a core values match and then bam, day five, they up and quit on you. It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So Raina wants to know, how do you see the real, the real quote unquote, them during the interview process to prevent that from happening? I have so much to say about that. So first of all, Raina, great question. To answer it, um, step one, let's start with expectations, right? So when we're hiring cleaners, which at the end of the day, is semi-physical to physical labor or physical labor to hard physical labor for fairly low wages, right? When we're hiring for that, turnover is never going to be low, right? Like those of you guys have been fans, but like, man, Lindsay's been there for years and Suzanne and like, you know, most of the guys and gals on our team have been here for years because I'm really good at building a culture and I hire great people and I'm very blessed and all sorts of cool stuff. But if I hired Lindsay, as amazing as she was, to clean toilets for me for, you know, 15 bucks an hour or whatever fair wages were, God willing, she's going to move on and get a better job at some point. So first and foremost, expectations are not zero turnover or turnover the same as you'd have for an administrative position. So let's just be crystal clear on that. Just to give you an idea, a little bit of a rule of thumb, when your culture is bad, you expect to keep one out of three stick. When your culture is good, not great, not perfect, you can do better than this, but a good culture is two out of three stick, right? So if one out of three leave, let's not beat ourselves. You know, I'm not saying you could make it a little better, but we're really... Let's move on to some other, there's probably some lower hanging fruit in your business. So let's just give you an encouragement there. Second of all, uh, to answer your question more directly, Raina, experience, right? A lot. And first of all, you, again, the reason I bring up the two out of three versus one out of three, experience, nothing's going to solve all of this, right? If you put me in charge of a cleaning team, you know, man, say I needed a hundred people over the, you know, uh, or a team of 20, I might have to hire 60 over a year to maintain that team. Maybe, you know, just 
So nothing's perfect, right? It, it's possible, and I don't know enough details, so I can't say this is the case here, uh, Raina, but it's possible. It's just there's no way you could have told, right? So if you said, I hired 30 cleaners over the last three months and 26 of them are gone, and this same thing played out over and over again, like, okay, now we've got a systems problem. But when it just happened once, it's like, could be bad luck, could be a systems problem, could be both. <laughs> so don't make, for all of Cleaning Nation, don't make one thing mean, mean everything, right? This doesn't mean your process is broken. Could be broken. Two things can be true, <laughs> um, but it doesn't mean that. So what I can do is help you minimize the chances of having, uh, you know, hiring Dr. Jekyll and then having Mr. Hyde show up. First and foremost, when you say you think you have a core values match, you got to make sure your core values are clear and powerful. So if your core values are aspirational, I want everyone to do the best job cleaning ever and customer service first and excellence above all, and just a bunch of weird stuff that aren't really who you are. I mean, not that you don't believe those things as you believe many other things, but your absolute core values down to the bones of like, if I can only have two or three rules that I follow in life, no matter what, and for money or love of country or God, I wouldn't give them up. Those are your core, core values, right? So make sure they're your core values on aspirational values. Make sure they're communicated clearly. So if my core value for Lindsay was a sense of whimsy when work is over and it's time for play, what are we talking about? I'm like, have fun. It's really easy to hang out with Lindsay for nine minutes and be like, Lindsay likes having fun, right? I'm not going to have to talk her into it. I'm not going to have to like twist her arm. It just, or help out. Like I could just watch her with other humans for 10 minutes and be like, oh my gosh, this is a lady whose heart wants to help people, whether she's working for me or doing, living her own life. That's who she is. So A, make sure you've got good core values that are your core values, not core values you want or hope for, but who you actually are. B, make sure they're super clear um, and easy to understand. And then C, make sure they really are a core values match, which should be fairly easy. Um, last thing, our hiring process, three different interviews with three different people at three different places over a span of a couple of weeks. Um, and you can have a very high hit rate, right? So a lot of times we collapse that because we're like, oh, I really needed someone. So I just hired him today and had him start tomorrow. That's a great way to, you know, is it possible that someone, and again, the, where I got the, the kind of outline for this is a book, an old book called top grading, um, is it, it's very unlikely I could talk to the same person in three different places. Cause again, Lindsay's at home right now. I've seen her at events. Um, I'm trying to think we, we've been out to dinner as a group, you know, and I feel like I get a little different view of Lindsay. It, we record together. Like I see her in lots of different, you know, situations. And I feel every time I get a little bit different vibe. Right. And sometimes I've been with around her, which is she and I, sometimes I've been around her in a group, sometimes with my wife, Natalie, and I get a little different Lindsay, every time with Natalie, it's mostly raccoon based information, but be that as it may. Um, so when you have lots of different places, times, and then again, if I went out with Natalie, not only would I get a different perspective of Lindsay, but if I asked Natalie her perspective, I would give you more information. And I've known Lindsay for a long time now. So we kind of, kind of, you can condense that over a time of different people, different places, different times, and you just get a different look at people. So big overreaching answer or summary to the answer, Raina. A, just because you had one bad experience doesn't 100% mean your system's broken, although it may be. B, make sure your core values are clear and simple and your actual core values, and it's pretty easy to make sure people look like a match. And C, have a process that might take a little longer, involve a few more people, um, spend a little more time, but will give you a better look at your person. Hopefully that's a good general answer in the time we got. 
Hey, amazing people, you may have noticed we don't sell a dadgum thing on this podcast. We don't allow ads. The only ask I can ever have of you guys is if you dig the show, for you to spread the word and share so we can change as many lives as possible. Literally, it'll take you five seconds to give us a great review, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you as a listener and value the gift of your kind words. Now, back to the show. I can always send you raccoon memes, Mike, if you want to, you know, <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm a little out of the raccoon me, you know, loop, but you know, I get it. I get it. I'm not. With the kid. It's okay. All right. Um, Rita, I'm going to save your second question. If we have time, we'll come back to that. Um, next, I'm going to go to Adrian from Cortez Cleans. He emailed us in. Um, I think he had a call recently with you, Mike, and he said what's out of control for him is that he found he's all over the place when it comes to keeping things in order in his business. Um, so he, has a hard time finding ways to generate more revenue and balancing his time management um, to run the business. And he's also mindful of being overwhelmed with the work that is part of being an owner and trying to grow his brand. So it just feels like he's trying to strike a balance without getting overwhelmed. That is a big one. Um, Yeah. First of all, I think I did get to talk to Adrian, uh, which is super cool. So that was nice. I, we have a team typically, I don't always get to talk to people that call in and want some help, but I did get to talk to Adrian and it was, it was a good conversation. So, all right. What I'm hearing the question be is feel out of control and all over the place when thinking things are in order. I'll kind of give a general answer. Cause again, I can't ask and answer questions with Adrian right now. Most of the time things are out of control and we're not doing the right things in the right order because we're not crystal clear on our goal. So we, or even if, well, first of all, we're typically not crystal clear on our goal or we have competing goals and we don't prioritize. So I want to make more money is not specific because if I need to make as much money as I can today, and I only have today and I need the money today, cleaning is probably the best use of my time. If I want to grow my revenue, sales is probably the marketing and sales is probably the best use of my time. And I'll take any, but any money I can get. If I want to grow profit that I take home, well then understanding who my perfect prospect is and having in-depth conversations with fewer of them might be the best use of my time. So right off the bat, it's a lack of, and it's tough because the reason owners get paid so well, aside from how to take the, all the headaches is we, a good owner is going to do the most important job that we can do, which is thinking it's just the hardest job ever. Like, it's just really hard. So oftentimes I'll call people who will say, my biggest problem is I can't give any, I don't have enough clients. I'm not growing fast enough. I'll go, great. What was your revenue this month versus last year, same month? I don't know. Well, how, well, how many leads did you get this month? I don't know. Okay. So if you're, and again, if your biggest problem is something different, so be it. I mean, you should always track leads, bid sales, applicants, interview starts, <laughs> revenue, cost, get sold, profit, all that good stuff. But let's just say you're not doing that. If that's not your biggest problem, so be it. But if your biggest problem you think is lead gen and you know how many leads you've gotten this month or, you know, like for real, like counted, I know, as opposed to like, well, it feels about 10 or like everyone thinks they know, but it's not a number that they've tracked. So first and foremost, get crystal clear on what you want. So I think you'd said all over, like wants to generate more revenue, doesn't know how to, you know, the management could be business. I'm overwhelmed. I'm trying to be grow my brand. Like all those are wildly different things. So 
Yes, if we had unlimited time and unlimited money, we should be on every advertising platform perfectly, attend every management leadership course, be perfect at money. Like there's an infinite amount of things as owners we can do. So Adrian, my biggest encouragement would be to get crystal clear on exactly what it is you want and be ruthless about that because there's no getting one thing without giving up another. So the enemy of, of great is good right? So if something's good, I won't ever do anything great. So if I just want to make $100,000 a year and work as little as possible, that's going to be one skill set. If I want to change an industry and I don't care about work or even work, you know, like Elon Musk, perfect example, he sold PayPal and risked it all and almost went bankrupt with SpaceX, right? So if his goal is financial security, he's probably, and then he bought Twitter for a ton of money, right? So it's like, if his goal is financial security, like he probably would have made different decisions, right? He's got a different goal. So he makes different decisions. So, and I love that example because from the outside, it can look insane what he's doing, but if you ask them what's your goal, and again, I'm not making, I love Elon. I think he's a genius, but I'm not saying his goals are good, bad, or indifferent, or I agree or disagree, but he would say earth needs to be a multi-planetary species. So all of a sudden now SpaceX makes, yeah, which Lindsay's given the loud. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much I agree. You know, love Elon, but, um, so now betting it on SpaceX makes sense. So whether you agree or disagree with the goal, he's very clear and passionate about that goal. And that's how he gets crap done. So Adrian, my guess is not my guess, my very educated guess. And I would even wager is your lack of clarity on what you want. I want everything. I want to be a good business. I want a brand. I want to market. I want to grow is where I would start. Like when you say you want to grow, how much rev, how much profit and what, in what amount of time? Okay. Let's just build a plan for that. You don't have to be that kind of a leader. If you're like, I just want to make, 10 grand a month in profit in the next nine months. Okay, well, let's just make a plan for that. And then it's a little clear what we need to do in order. But if it's like, I want a brand and I want to lead and I want to hire and I want to make systems, I want to, it's like, well, there's an infinite amount of things. So I would get much more specific on your, like, even now I'm having a hard time giving you the information you want because the question's so broad. Like, how do I build the best company ever? I'm like, I define company, define best, define build, define eyes or teams. <laughs> like, over what time, all right? Like, there's so many things. But if it's like, Tell me the best way to get three new commercial or residential clients this week with a budget of $1,000 spending no more than 10 hours. And I don't care if they're profitable or I'm whatever that, you know, but that specific thing, like, oh, I, boy, I get, I can get three strategies right now. So the clearer you are in your goals, the clearer you can be on your questions, the clearer you are in your questions, the easier the answers come and the more helpful the answers are. I feel like that was a long circular answer to be like, get some clarity, baby. <laughs> Hey, I love a good Elon example, though. There's a, yes, I know. It, if I ever, if Lindsay's napping or disinterested, I just either bring up raccoons or Elon and she's back <laughs> in. If I could get a raccoon meme and the raccoon look like Elon or is doing something about Elon, I think that would be the Lindsay bifecta. Yep. <laughs> at, at a cat and she's in. Yep. Amazing the things AI could do with that. <laughs> All right. I'm going to circle back to Irina's last question. I think it's a good one. I don't think I've ever asked you this one or anyone has. Um, she wants to know, Mike, is the saying you got to spend money to make money, is that real? Because she's going month to month, not making a profit, even though her cog show less than 50%. My gross profit shows over 25%. Must be doing something wrong. A lot of details there. Um, but long story short, um, yeah, does she need like to run proper ads and marketing and all that? She's got, does she need to spend money, more money like that to make money basically? So there's a little question that was kind of embedded that I want to just gloss over and then I'll hit the, the main question. So I do get, just to be clear, um, Raina, 
math is math. One plus one always equals two. So if what I thought I heard you say was my revenue, well, whatever your revenue is, my cost of goods sold is 50% and my expenses are 25%. Okay, then your profit is 25%. There is no 50, 100 minus 50 minus 25 equals 25, 100% of the time. It's possible that you think your cost of goods sold is 50% and it's higher. You think your expenses is are 25%, but they're higher. Um, if those are the case, your profit is 25%. Oftentimes, what that means is the company's too low, right? So if your revenue for the company is six grand, 25% of that's $1,500. So if you're like, well, I can't live on that, I need five grand. Of course you do. Like $1,500 is too little. So it's possible that you could be at a reasonable profit margin, but your company is too small. So I just want to be clear, there is no universe in for Reina or for anyone else where if their cost of goods sold is 50% and their expenses are 25%, their profit is anything other than 25%, right? That, that's, there's, there's no, that's not a negotiable thing. Okay, that said, I really like the question, I need to spend money to make money. I would put that in the bucket of the saying of practice makes perfect, which I think is incorrect. Um, I think perfect practice makes perfect 1000%. So you, so practice makes perfect, I think is a partial truth. Like no practice will, you'll obviously say the same or practice. You may get better. If you practice wrong, you'll, you'll build some bad habits. Perfect practice. I don't know if it makes perfect, but boys are going to accelerate your growth. No question. The same with money. If you spend money on the wrong things that distract your focus, it could actually make your business go backwards. If you spend no money, it's certainly possible to go forward, but boy, does it go slower. And if you spend money and money is just an accelerant, right? Because the only thing you have, any of us have is time and money. Money just buys other people's time. We are a coaching company. All people are doing is going, you've made millions of dollars of mistakes over the last 20, 30 years, or as a team combined hundreds of years of mistakes. If I give you some money, will you just tell me those mistakes so I can make smarter, better mistakes? That's the trade that we make. And obviously there's encouragement and accountability. And but at the heart of it, it is, I don't have the time or money to make those mistakes on my own. I will pay somebody else who's already made those mistakes and I can make them much, I can make them with less impact over a short amount of time. Bah, 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 bah. So money is just an accelerant. Advertising, I could, hey, Lindsay, want to, Need someone to clean your house? No. Do you know anyone? Okay. Repeat a thousand times on my own time and I don't need a nickel to do it, but that takes my time. So I might have money and pay salespeople, marketing, Facebook, whatever to do that for me. So again, tying back into Adrian's question, it really depends on your goals. So same thing. If you're like, I want to build a billion dollar company. Yeah, you're gonna need to spend some money. Does it have to be yours? No, you can get investors. You know, there's, there's but there's going to be money. It's impossible. And if you're like, I want to grow a company doing five thousand dollars a month and do all the cleaning myself, you don't really need any money to do that, right? Um, I want to build a million dollar company. Well, if you are willing to do that over the next twenty years, you know, like I need to do it in a year. Oh, well, now we're gonna need to spend a ton. So it really depends on your goals. Um, I personally have not seen. I'm sure it happens all the time. Uh, I have not, and you know, no respect. I love Dave Ramsey, but just disagree with him on some things, you know, with the zero debt. I've seen almost no, I don't think I've seen any companies ever get to multi-million dollars with no debt whatsoever. I'm not saying it's not possible. 
just saying I've been doing this 25 years. I've owned several multi-million dollar businesses. I've coached hundreds of people. I've been in mentorship groups, it's, whether it's a credit card or a friend or something. Yes, it generally takes money, but money is an accelerant. So you're going to have to invest time or money. You can invest more time and less money um, or more money and less of your own personal time. Or again, and the money does not have to be yours. It could be other people's money. But yes, time just buys other people's money, right? Or money just buys other people's time. That's what we do with cleaning, right? You can only get so big if you're cleaning yourself. You can take some money and pay someone else. I think that might have been a little more philosophical of an answer, but it's the best one I got right now. Hopefully that was helpful. Um, and a lot of this is often we're just looking at the problem the wrong way. So a lot of times when I'm, I'm not trying to not answer your question, but I'm trying to give you a a perspective that I think will get you closer to your goal than just saying, yeah, spend a bunch of money on Facebook ads. It's just been particularly helpful. All right. What else we got, Lindsay? That's actually it today, Mike. Uh, I love how all the questions kind of came together. So they all kind of. Well, as you are the curator of the questions, you have full credit for that, Lindsay. We're going to just, well done, lady. All right, Cleaning Nation, if this has been helpful, we're here live every Wednesday. Just join our Facebook group. It's free. Um, there's over a thousand episodes, hundreds of hours of content, growingcleaningcompany.com. If you are like, I need someone else's experience, I need some help, reach out to someone on our team. We'll do what we can to help you. Pretty good at this. Growingcleaningcompany.com. Check it out. See you there. Well, here we are, the end of the podcast, and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me, but like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing. Share with a friend. Share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me to the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431, 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts, and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now, 602-932-6431. Give me a text, say hey, can't wait to meet you.